everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Rooted and Grounded, a podcast where we talk about God, His Word, trying to become more rooted and grounded in Him. I'm Sean. And I'm Madison. And we have another amazing topic today. And we have our second guest. Yay! Which is really cool. Super excited about that. So we'll get we'll get to that and we'll get to our topic right after this intro. We have a very special guest with us. It is my friend Karina Weaver. We met at girls' camp, right? Mm-hmm. A very a long, long time, time ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. It has been a while, um, and so I was so excited. I've just Karina is someone that I feel like every time I see, even if it's just in passing, I feel like you have the ability to turn conversations to what is really important in life. And so I really appreciate that about you. And that's why the last time when we were chatting, I was like, oh my goodness, you have got to come on the podcast because you have so many wise things to say. (laughs) Um, And I'm just really looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. So I have just a couple questions. I sent you some of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, etc. Yeah, so... My name is Karina Weaver. Um, I live in like Holmes County area, Ohio, technically outside of Holmes County, which I'm kind of proud of. But anyway, um, (laughs) I am a wedding photographer part time and also a part time preschool teacher. Um, Teaching is very new to me. This is my first year doing it, but I'm very excited about it. And it's definitely something that um, God led me into. So it's been really fun to yeah experiment and with a new job. Um, Yeah, getting to know a new side of side of life, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love traveling. Um, I would say traveling is probably my top hobby, if it can be a hobby. <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> it's a solid hobby. <laughs> um, so traveling and reading, I think, are just some of my top two things that I love doing and could do all the time. We support that here. We very yep. much support so. reading. Very much. Very much. That's great. So just what are you passionate about? It's a question I like to introduce. Yeah. So I'm a very multi-passionate person. So it's been very hard for me to actually like narrow down whether it's like a job or something to focus on because I really enjoy a lot of things. Um, But something I'm super passionate about is just seeing people use their gifts for the kingdom um, and just like hearing people's stories, um, making them feel valued and recognizing them and just recognizing God in their stories Mm -hmm. um, and drawing attention to that in their lives. And yeah, just people using the skills they have, the time they have, um, everything that that God has given them to bring glory back to God um, is something I am always extremely passionate about. I love that. And that's exactly why we have you on today talking about this topic. Um, do you feel like you've taken any steps towards this passion in the past year? Um, any ways that God has drawn you towards it in some way? Yeah, for sure. So I was on Ultra um, on the winter, or actually it would have been the fall team of 2021. Um, it's a six-month like discipleship program. And that's when I really became passionate about this um, and saw, saw this come to life a lot more. Um, during my time in South America, I was there for six months, um, I really had an opportunity to work within my gifts and I was on a team of six girls 
And it was really cool to see how when we all operated in our strengths, um, how much of a, we just had a great team. Um, and we could really go so much further together when we used what God had given us, um, rather than trying to just make stuff happen that maybe wasn't within our giftings or wasn't um, something we were specifically, um, I don't know, given the talent for. But I love children, um, so teaching preschool has definitely been a step in that direction of widening my circle of influence um, with a realm of coworkers, and also just like having, I have 10, four and five year olds that I get to like sit with two days a week and I get to help shape their worldview, um, which when they're that young, it can be very challenging and it doesn't feel that glamorous a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I think just being more intentional with conversation, um, like you said, recognizing God in people's stories and yeah, trying to, to bring that out and just bringing up God in conversations um, and talking about his goodness and his faithfulness um, because it's really important to, it's an important reminder for me to talk about that. And the more I talk about it, the more excited I get. And then you all of a sudden you're like, oh, you see God's goodness in so many more ways when you actually verbalize it and actually like can fully, you know, comprehend it. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, that's, again, why we have her here today, people. <laughs> that's good. So the topic, I suppose, that we, we've chosen, and you mm-hmm. kind of said it before when you were talking about your passions, is is how do we use our gifts to glorify God? And how do we use our gifts in our mission at home, right where we're at? Mm-hmm. which I, mm-hmm. I love that. That is, oh, it's so, it sounds so good. And it is such a good topic. So I guess first, first question, mm-hmm. why did, why did you choose this topic? I, well, Madison and I had been talking about this when we met last time. We were just met in passing and I think probably ended up talking for over an hour on it. <laughs> it was, and it's something that I've realized I just don't hear talked about much. Um, often we talk about going out on the mission field and doing things for God, which is really good. Um, and there's definitely like need for that. Um, and have so much respect for missionaries who leave their homes, leave their countries, leave their comforts. But there's also a lot of people that are called to be at home, um, whether it's wives or moms or dads, like that's still a calling. Um, and it's really important to use our time wisely wherever we are. Um, because I'm a firm believer that if we don't use our time wisely at home, we're not going to use it wisely on the mission field. Um, and we need to learn to cultivate the gifts and the talents that we have here so that we can do it in any situation um situations do change but they don't like we don't change if you go on the mission field i'm still the same person here as i am on the mission field Mm -hmm. um and so it's something that i think is just really important to to have like it's it's a foundational thing i think for missions to know your strengths um and know where what your spiritual gifts are and then learn what it looks like to walk in that Mm -hmm. at home and then being willing to go on the mission field and do that as well Mm -hmm. It's something that's easily, or we, I feel like we easily overlook it kind of. We can definitely place a higher importance in like stepping out of the comfort zone and like going to the new place. And like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Support it. And I believe everyone needs to be pushed out of their comfort zones mm-hmm. at some point or another. But I do really appreciate just like placing an emphasis on being where you are now and like being present in that time and using the gifts that you have 
in the time that you're at mm -hmm. instead of continually looking forward mm -hmm. to that other season and the other place and like well I would just be more mm -hmm. I would be so much better at witnessing if I was not in Holmes County mm -hmm. it's so true <laughs> <laughs> yes it's so true and I've been it's so easy for me to fall into that trap as well of like mm -hmm. if I would only be in this season of life mm -hmm. this would be easier mm -hmm. or if I'd only have to be at work an hour later it'd be so much easier to get that hour of time in with God or like anything like that it's so easy to like just think our circumstances would change the way that we spend our time when realistically it's not I mean it, it, we probably wouldn't change much it's <laughs> kind of like go ahead oh. I guess the only thing I had was our circumstances do not define the way that we spend our time and our mm -hmm. circumstances do not define what we choose to place our importance and our value in mm -hmm. and that's something big to remember and like for me to constantly be reminded of well it just like all that it's like that saying where your character is who you are at home you know mm -hmm. if, if you've heard that like you are who you are like when you're at home mm -hmm. with your family like that like that's you and it's I just that's what I think of when I think of, you know, we think like we have to we have to go out on missions to to really serve God, to really serve other people and get out of our comfort zones like mm -hmm. we talked about. But you know, really like that real faith that we have in God is real and is so much more true to him, I think, when it's at home in the normal life. Mm -hmm. When we're when we're stepping out of our comfort zones at our normal life in our normal home mm. doing the things doing the things for him that's like mm -hmm. stepping out of the comfort zones mm -hmm. in your regular atmosphere in life and i guess environment mm -hmm. that's a very good one it can be that much more challenging especially in a more mennonite community it's easy to just be like oh well everyone knows about god or everyone knows the gospel and it can be very easy to fall into the trap of like, well, I don't actually have anyone to witness to because everyone knows about Jesus in our area. Um, but it's not true. Like there are a lot of people, there's a lot of public schools around still and a lot of people who still don't know the gospel. Um, and maybe they've heard about it, but maybe they don't know the relationship side of it of like, maybe they just know Christianity as another religion, um, but maybe they don't know about it in the way that actually we get to have a relationship with Jesus, with our creator. Um, and that just brings a whole nother light to it. And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I think of like getting out of my comfort zone, there's so many ways I can get out of my comfort zone in Holmes County. I mean, like you can walk into Walmart and if God tells you to go talk to this Mennonite about something, you're like, oh, God, like they know me or like they know who I am or they clearly know my parents. <laughs> and that can be very hard. I think sometimes talking with people within our own like realm of influence rather than even going out and talking to strangers because we're talking with strangers. Yeah. Like, they don't know us. It doesn't matter. But, like, when we're talking with people who have mutual friends, it's like, well, what are they going to think of me? Mm -hmm. You know, that's, like, often the first question that comes to my yes. mind is, what are they going to think, you know? And, yeah, we can certainly find ways to be stretched here. <laughs> yeah, you hit the, hit the, what is that? Nail. Nail, <laughs> nail or however you say that. But, yeah, like, that's the first thing I thought of. You know, when the, the reason it's so hard to do it at home is, I think, a lot because... You know, what are they going to think of me? Mm -hmm. You know, I know them. I'm, I'm around them every single, not maybe not every single day, but, you know, I go to church with them every single Sunday. I hang out with the youth every single week. You know, I'm with them all the time. 
and our selfishness and pride can very much get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas going somewhere else, you know, you're like, never like moved you from your community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't so much feel the impact of your decisions on your reputation or mm-hmm. what you consider that people think about you. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is why I guess it feels so much more real and genuine when you're doing it around people that you do know and you do know that they know you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's what I feel is. So that's why, that's why I like talking about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. And I also, I really, one thing that stuck out to me was when you talked about they may already have heard of Jesus, they may already have heard of Christianity, but they see it as another religion. And it reminded me, I was reading a book the other, I think it was last year I read it. I think it was like Looking for Allah, Finding Jesus, mm-hmm. something like that. And I actually, I really enjoyed that book. It was an interesting perspective. But the one thing he said, I will never forget it. And he said he was in a high school before any Christian ever witnessed to him. And the first time they did that, he just turned around and he looked at them and he was like, if you think, if you believe that I am going to hell because I don't know your Jesus, why have you never tried to tell me about this before? Like he said, I have been going to high school with you for four years and you have never said a word to me about Jesus. If you really believed I was going to like live a torturous eternity, why have you never spoken to me before? And that just knocked me back. I was like, oh my goodness. Wow. That is food for thought, right? That's challenging. That's super challenging. Yeah. I remember during my term on Ultra, one thing that I think the Lord just like brought it to mind or I'd seen a quote or something, but pretty much like, what if you lived with the mindset that every single person you meet will eventually become a Christian and they'll ask you, why did you not tell me sooner? And it's really, like, it's really humbling and really, like, kind of takes you aback for a minute. You're like, wait, like, why am I so hesitant? And, like, why do we need such a clear, like, sign to go talk to someone about the gospel? Um, Why do we have to wait for this, like, writing in the sky, if you will, for, like, you should go talk to this person specifically? And, like, what if we just talked to them and instead waited for a sign not to? And, yeah. I like that. Oh, it's almost, it's almost like they need to come to us for us to talk. I know, right? Wow, that's good thoughts. Mm -hmm. Wow. I need that. (laughs) I need that. Mm, Me too, for sure. Okay, so do we have any more thoughts on that? I feel like with our track record, we will circle back around. We we shall. Probably. (laughs) Definitely. So we'll go on to the next question. That we that we came up with. Mm-hmm. So, what does it what does it look like to be living mission mindset at home? Yeah, I thought about this one a while um, the other night when I was looking through these questions, and this is not something I do perfectly at at all. This is something I'm mm-hmm. still working on a lot. Um, but I think it all comes down to living with intentionality, and our calling is to make disciples. Um, the Great Commission is one of like the most I think one of the most important passages in the New Testament, when Jesus is talking to his disciples and telling them to go into the world and make make disciples, to multiply. Um, And that can look so different in so many different ways. Um, It can look like raising children. You're raising little disciples who are like growing up. You're shaping their worldview. It can look like interacting with your coworkers and having conversations with them. But I think just being very open to the Holy Spirit and being 
willing to be uncomfortable um, and to be put in uncomfortable situations and to say yes to the Holy Spirit and just to learning to deny our flesh Um, because it's rare that our flesh man will want to do what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. It, actually, it will never happen because our flesh man is our sinful nature and our sinful nature is from the enemy who does not want anything to do with God or what God is wanting us to do. So it's never going to feel comfortable mm-hmm. or even fun necessarily to go and to ask people about their worldview or to, to, to tell them about Jesus. But just to bring it home, I think it looks, yeah, intentionality. What do you do with your time? How do you spend it? and being very open to the Holy Spirit and being in tune with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I think that just comes straight back to like your circumstances do not define what you place your value in. And it also, like you said, initiating conversations and you mentioned their worldview and that made me, that just brought up the thought, like we always think of it as like, go tell them about Jesus. And again, they may know about Jesus, but initiating the conversation and like discussing your beliefs and just having a conversation about the more important things in life and about these things that really matter and what they believe and what you believe. It isn't always so much we think of the traditional witnessing as like, here is Jesus and this is what he did, but like they may know that. <laughs> they may know or what they perceive, like what they think about that. I guess maybe just discussing it and bringing it about. Mm-hmm. It was, I thought that was a very good thought because, yeah, I can really get caught up in that thing of thinking it's just like telling them about Jesus, mm-hmm. where sometimes it needs to be a discussion and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like showing them you really care about them. Mm-hmm. And you care about mm-hmm. their souls. And you care about... You care about how, like how they're living and when they're going to die and they're going to go stand before God, like what's going to happen? Like you actually care about that, mm-hmm. which is, it's not something I think about at all. When, when you go to town or you go anywhere and there's people all around you and they're, they're living your lives, we just all keep ourselves and keep to our own selves, keep to our own little bubbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's challenging. For sure. I think we're a very non-confrontational generation. Um, and we very much want our like generation right now is very much like you can believe what you believe. I'll believe what I believe and we'll leave it at that. It's very much like, well, good for you. I'm glad you like that. I'm glad that makes you happy, but I'm going to go on living my life. And I feel like we're very afraid to challenge people. And I am too. Like I, the last thing I want is like, I feel like I'm always worried that I won't be able to fully 100% defend mm-hmm. my, like, everything. You know, what if they're, like, this super, like, Harvard graduate with, like, all these, like, scientific degrees and whatever, and they're, like, prove to me scientifically that, like, Jesus rose from the dead. I'm, like, his word says it? I don't know. Like, I get scared by, like, the possibility of what questions could come my way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realize, I have to realize that, like, in his word, the, Jesus says, do not worry in that day what you will say. Like, or I'll give you the words to say. And I know it's even in a different context, but I think we can take it into this as well. Because if the Lord calls us to witness to someone, he'll give us the, like, if we're following the Holy Spirit, he's going to give us the words to share when we do walk in obedience to that. Mm-hmm. But it's very scary. And there's a lot of like, what if I can't answer their questions? Or what if I answer this so wrong that they're like, they want nothing to do with Christianity after this? And there's a lot of fear mm-hmm. that the enemy can bring in to keep us um, from sharing our faith. And you said that 
when you said, you know, denying our flesh, because our flesh is not going to want to do any of this at all, because, you know, insecurities play a lot. I also think like, you know, I deal with my insecurities and I think everyone deals with their insecurities. And a lot of like what today's message, like the world's message today is, you know, love yourself, like go after what you believe in, what your passions are. You know, that's where you will find where your insecurities will just fade away. When you, when you really start to, to, to care about what you and what you want and what you want to do. And that's not at all like what the Bible is. It's not at all like go read the Bible. It's, it's Jesus saying, I am like, I am the way I created you. Like, like deny yourself. And when we start looking at Jesus and start looking at like wanting to, to glorify his name and, and have a relationship with him where it's all about him, not about us. And then getting other people to also believe that that's when, that's when like, yeah, like that denying that self and our insecurities, you know, and it's hard. Like you're saying, like, it's so challenging. Like I'm, I'm not. Like it's so challenging for me to to push away my my wants or my desires or what and just look at Jesus and what he wants. You know, he loves these people and he wants them to have a relationship with him. And this is this is this has been really good for me, like really good challenging for me to to see people be intentional about them and to to care about them. Go try to find them. I feel like every time we have one of these discussions, it's like just opening my eyes to everything that I am like seeing in my own life. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to change so much. And like, I have so many places that I could do better. Yeah, for sure. Even in like preparing for this podcast, I was like, I'm not like fully living out what I am even saying, you know, like so often, like there's so many things that we can say, but it's like, how are we living it? And I was just challenged again by just like living it out and just like actually like letting my life be the proof of this and not just words. And it's, it's so much easier said than done. Like it is so difficult to do because it's so easy to just fall in a trap of either self pity or comfort or whatever it may be. And just like, decide to like well I don't know for sure if that was the Lord telling me to do that so I'm not gonna do it or I don't know just the enemy can really also bring a lot of lies and deception in and tell you that you're not you don't know enough to go share the gospel or you don't you don't live this out perfectly so why should you be able to talk about it and that's what I felt like I faced a lot this week even in preparing for this was the enemy just bringing a lot of condemnation of like well you're not actually like perfect yourself so why are you talking about this like well, actually, no one's perfect. So, <laughs> and that's and never and I never want like anyone to think like you know we're here, we're doing this podcast, and you know we're tr- we're talking about God, saying all things. Like I don't want anyone ever to think that I have it all together on here, and I like and all these things I'm just saying because you know I know what it is and that I'm living fully by the Spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that's, and that's why I think, you know, I just, I don't want this to just be another, because there's millions of podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of people doing things like this. I don't want it to just be another person, another podcast out there, people just spouting off, mm-hmm. you know, their, what they're doing and what they have accomplished and what they are like. It's because literally you said no one's perfect. It's God. Mm-hmm. Like God is 
the only reason like anything that I'm able to do anything you know it's not by any of our works that we are saved it's mm-hmm. by God and Jesus mm-hmm. and so if I want to do anything with this I just want to point people back to God in this word mm-hmm. and I feel like like oh uh, this again like it's just like focusing on Jesus because again like you said like it's so easy to feel like we can't do something like this we can't because we're not perfect because we were messed up too mm-hmm. and you know that's just take it back to god it's it's about him mm-hmm. it reminds me of a song so i mistakenly ran into this song when i was like looking up something else but i really really love it and this i feel like half of my comments are like a little bit off track of what we were talking about this might be, but the lyrics, it says, may your struggles keep you near the cross and may your troubles show that you need God. And then um, at the end, he says, may your bad days prove that God is good. May your whole life prove that God is good. And like the thought, like we talked about how we're not perfect and how like all of our, all of the deficiencies in our character and all of the things that we're doing wrong. And that reminded me of that song kind of bringing it about, like, may those deficiencies and may the discrepancies and everything that we do wrong prove and, like, just kind of, I don't know, point to how good God is and, like, how he has worked in your lives. Mm-hmm. And may your bad days prove that God is good. And so, yeah, it's called God is Good by Jonathan McReynolds. And mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. enjoy that song. And that's what it made me think of right then. I was like... I want that for my life. I want the deficiencies that I display to prove the goodness of his character. Mm-hmm. That's such a good way to put it. And so often when I find myself like in like a valley or in a place of like a lot of difficulty, it's like when I'm closest to Jesus. And it's mm-hmm. like when I it's like when I see my own lack the most is when I feel like my need for him more. And it's a very uncomfortable place to be because it's mm-hmm. very humbling and it's very like you just see your own weaknesses so much in your face. And that's actually like been what I've been, I feel like I've been facing the last couple months of just like seeing my own lack. But it's just like seeing where God is like, that's actually why like we need him. And that's sometimes we need to be humbled and brought down and see our need for him, for him to be able to get the glory from our lives. Um, And he needs to take us to a place where we can't do anything on our own for him to be able to get the glory. Because if we're still in situations that we can take into our our own hands and control the outcome, then we can still kind of get our own, like, well, I kind of made that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And God doesn't actually always get all the glory for that. And sometimes he has to just like strip us down and take us to like the lowest place of like seeing who we are so that who he really is can really be lifted high and like Mm -hmm. glorified. Mm -hmm. And I just want to, again, I just want to bring this back to like God's word because he literally like what we've been talking about is a couple of verses and it just reminded me like in second corinthians 12 when paul is talking about his thorn of his flesh and it's and it's so hard and he says like in verse 8 for this thing i besought the lord thrice that it might depart from me and then he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness 
And then Paul is like, most gladly, therefore, while I glorify in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I just think that's, I mean, everything we've been talking about is literally here. Perfectly encompassed. That's amazing. Incredible. It's amazing how, like, we can think, I mean, you can think you've come up with something original, like, all you want, but the majority of the time, like Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. And even there, referencing back to God's word holds so mm-hmm. much. I it is, it is just pretty amazing whenever you start looking into it. I think it's really cool how like a scripture that's so well known, like we still like we still forget it so easily. And God brings it out so many different ways of us seeing that. And it's just like. Like scriptures never get old. Sometimes, like, I remember when I was younger, I would be like, man, like, I've read the Bible through now, and now I'm just going to have to read this the rest of my life, and nothing new is ever going to come. And it's so not true. Like, there's so many things that, like, the Lord just, like, you see it in a new way, or it's like the Lord just reveals it to you in a, in a deeper way. And all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, like, I've read this, like, 20 times, and I've never understood this. Mm-hmm. And God just, like, brings it to light. And it's like what you were saying, yeah, there's nothing that none of our ideas are good but if we like look in the word for them it's it's all there like (laughs) he's already thought through it all and that is just the best feeling whenever like you see something or you recognize something new in there and you're like like i thought i had gotten everything there was to get out of this and here is something new that applies so well and it's just it's amazing it's like you know i don't know how this came to be but but the the thing we were talking about like very first podcast i mean our first episode, you know, truth is truth. Mm-hmm. Truth, like it doesn't. Like we spent all this time, you know, all these years we've been we've been studying the Bible, and I know have been or people have been studying about psychology of mankind and all that. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that, but <laughs> but it's just that truth. It doesn't matter like when I figure it out or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like God's word is truth, and it's truth mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love this conversation already. It's and that's, that's where it comes back to the very first episode, Truth is Truth. Mm-hmm. And we actually, I mean, shout out to Megan, because this is amazing. Somebody made stickers. Oh, he has one right here on the back of his phone. It's no so way. That's so cool. cool. I love it so much. And Megan made these stickers. Like, she put in a huge order, and now people are, like, buying them from her. And I was like, this is, it's such a good it's reminder so just to, like, see it on the back of my phone or laptop or whatever it is that you mm-hmm. put it on. It's like, I love that. So, thank you, Megan. <laughs> and I love, great. Like, this is what I want. <laughs> like, people to know, like, oh, like, God's word is just so good. Oh, my goodness. Like, the truth that yeah and I, I don't know how far this is going from the topic that <laughs> I, was I, I love it so much but the fact that you know so often I run to like whenever I, I'm facing something or I want something and I run to like a sermon or a podcast or a book instead of going to God's word mm-hmm. is something that I'm still like working on something I'm still just trying to develop that that craving of God's word I guess because mm-hmm. it is truth Anyways, do you guys have anything else to go on this? I know we could talk this. Could be, <laughs> I something we could talk about this for hours, but we apologize for, for the sure. bunny trail. It's okay though. I like bunny trails. That's so good. So, I guess I guess we did talk about what does it look like. 
So why should we? Why should we live with a mission mindset at home? Why, why don't we just live our own little, whatever we want to do? Why should we live with a mission mindset? Yeah, so when you look at the greater story, stories are something we talked a lot about um, while I was gone. We all have our own stories, starting from the day that we were born um, till the day we die. But greater than that, we're part of a much larger story. We're part of the story that is still being written. Mm-hmm. Even though the Bible, technically the last book is Revelation, it's still it's not still being written, but the story is still continuing. Mm-hmm. We are still in the, in the continuance of that. Mm-hmm. And it starts in the Garden of Eden, and we don't have the ending yet because we are still living in that. And when we zoom out of our own... We have our own lives and our own story. We zoom out to the story of our family, to the story of our church, to the story of Christianity, and then ultimately the greater story of the world of the of, since creation. And it all points back to God. It all points back to something greater than ourselves. Um, and that's why it's so important to live for someone greater than ourselves. Um, just like the whole story, it all points, everything is pointing back to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um and Colossians 3 talks about in whatever you do, do it all into the name of the Lord, whether you eat or drink. And those are the most basic things we do daily, right? Mm-hmm. We always drink water. We should be drinking water. Um, we're always eating, whatever. And so like, even he's telling us like in the smallest of things, it should be done to the glory of God, mm-hmm. much less like the greater things that we do, quote unquote, greater things in our lives that we can do of our own, of ourselves should all point back to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love in, in first Corinthians 12, it talks about, um, we're talking about the body, right? How everyone has different gifts given for the edification of the body. And a verse caught my eye last night that I hadn't really seen before that much. Um, but it says, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if you think of one of our body parts not functioning right. I mean, like you have health issues, Madison, mm-hmm. you can relate to this a lot. Mm-hmm. Things don't go as they should. Sometimes they work and sometimes it's okay. Sometimes we need help. We need mm-hmm. medicine. We need pills. We need whatever um, to help keep it functioning. But to me, it shows that operating in our gifts is really important because it's not for just our own lives. It's for the people around us, for in our circle of influences, in our churches. Um, the gifts that we're given are not meant to just be held on to ourselves and bring ourselves glory, um, but it's to to bring everything back to Christ. And, and he has given us the gifts, um, whether it's baking cakes and like incredible (laughs) ones at that. I mean, like you can do that for the glory of God, Mm -hmm. you know, and someone could be like eating that and like, man, this is the best piece of cake I have ever had. I've got to talk to this baker, talk to you and you tell them about Jesus and they come to Christ, you know, and like you're a teacher. So like you have so much, you have a big circle of influence with Mm -hmm. your students of like giving them excitement for the word and Mm -hmm. for, for Jesus and for Christianity where like, you might not know like 15 years down the road, they might come back and be like, that teacher was Mm -hmm. the one who gave me the, like the excitement for living for Christ. So you guys both like in your own gifts have so much potential with like bringing God glory. And like, if we choose to use it for God and it's just, it, it gets me all riled up as you can That's see. Uh, 
I know this this isn't a question that we wrote down. <laughs> I, I hope that's okay. Okay. But you've been talking about gifts, and I just wanted to you've been you were kind of talking about it. I just want to ask you, like, what do you say to the person that says, Well, I don't know what my gifts are? Like I don't have any gifts. I don't have any gifts. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I I don't mm -hmm. like what is my purpose? Like I don't mm -hmm. have any gifts I can't to use. Like what do you say mm -hmm. to that person? I was that person. <laughs> That's what I say to that person. But look at what do you enjoy? Um God, I fully believe, and this is just like the creative ingenuity of God. He gives us things that we enjoy and he lets us do them well. Um, so maybe you and love sewing and are really good at it. Sewing is a cool gift to have. Maybe you really love cooking and through that you can cook for other people and you have the gift of hospitality. Um, but look at what you enjoy doing. Often, not always, but very, very often, the things that we enjoy doing are things that we have gifts in. Like, I mean, who enjoys doing something they're not good at? I mean, I don't, personally. That's why I really don't like painting or drawing, because <laughs> I'm really bad at it. Mm -hmm. But there's always, we all have things that we enjoy, whether it's reading, use that reading to read God's word, mm -hmm. or whether it's writing, use that writing to encourage others, write mm -hmm. letters to people, or Good. There's so like even like the smallest thing that you might enjoy doing, you can't. There is that's a gift, and God can use it. Wow. Everything that's can really be turned good. around for the glory of God. Absolutely, that's really good. that was so good. I enjoyed that so much. Oh, that is what I mean when I say like these conversations that we get to have. It's just it's so good for me because it's constantly reminding myself of everything that I need to grow in and just like the good points in life because I am human and I am forgetful. And I mean, we had this conversation, what, like a month ago. Mm -hmm. We had a lot, or like we had some of this. Mm -hmm. We had a conversation about some of this. And you know, it so easily flies out of your head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, it does. I really like that end because I know people, I, even myself sometimes, like thinking like, I don't have, there's nothing I can really do. Mm -hmm. for God like I don't have any gifts really or I'm not I don't feel called to go mm -hmm. to go there it's been so good wow mm -hmm. using our gifts to glorify God you know realizing we have gifts God God has called us mm -hmm. like if you everybody has gifts yeah and and I was thinking like oh someone feels like they're not called to go I know I know William Booth I don't know if do you know William Booth like there's a quote that he said I mean, it's a long quote, but but the first part of it, he's he's telling these people like, not called. Is that what you said? Like, not heard the call. I think you should say, put your ear down to the Bible and hear Him bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire. And then he goes on this longer spiel. And, but but that was just like, well, I don't feel God's call. Well, read the Bible. Yeah, He does call you. Like, go out and love people. Love people so much. Like that you just, you, you love them more than yourself and you just, you want to die for them because, mm -hmm. and so that's, that's why like, I want like, people to see like, God has called you. Mm -hmm. It's not if you've been called, it's you mm -hmm. have been called. Mm -hmm. To the person that mm -hmm. feels like they have no direction in their plain regular job. Mm -hmm. That is for you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because there is a calling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's like, we all have a calling. We can just choose whether we want to follow it or not. And our calling might be to be at home. And that's yeah. where I, that's where I am right now. Um, 
And it's hard to go from being on the mission field to being called to being home because it looks so unimportant. And Mm -hmm. it can be very easy to think like, well, if I'm just called to be home, that's not anything important. But but like you said, that that quote from William Booth, it's so true. Mm -hmm. Um, And something that I've been thinking of is like, what if instead of always looking for a call to go, what if we were looking for a call to stay? What if we all, there was a quote that someone one of um, my friends said, and it's not original, I'm not sure where it comes from, but basically he was saying most people plan to stay and are willing to go, but what would happen if we were planning to go and willing to stay? Um, How would we live our lives differently? And it's a challenge. And, you know, it can be hard to be in a place where you feel like, well, I'm just, I'm really not called to go in the mission field, but I really want to be called. And I think to me, that's the same level of difficulty as being at home and being called to go. Mm. There's still, there's sacrifice in both. Mm. Um, either the sacrifice of leaving your family and going or the sacrifice of really wanting to be there and staying. But it is so important to not walk outside of the will of God and outside of the Holy Spirit. Because if you go without the blessing of the Holy Spirit, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit on your life, then you will not be effective. And you're, you're, how effective you are is it does not matter where you're at. It matters if you're in the spirit and if you're walking where God has called you. And that can be at home and that can be somewhere else. Um, but what's important is that you're walking in the in the spirit. Mm-hmm. That's good. This has just been excellent. I love it. We kind of have one final question just to wrap everything up. And this is like always my favorite question. I love hearing what people have to say about this. But if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Yeah, I thought about this a lot. And I think it kind of just pertains to like what season of life I'm in right now and what I would have wanted to know when I was younger. Um, when you're young, there's a lot of emphasis put on finding quote unquote, God's will for your life. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of stress put on it. I remember when I was like 13, 14, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know what God's calling is for my life. What am I going to do? I'm going to miss God's calling. What if I'm not walking in obedience? And like, there's just so much, there's a big stigma on like finding God's will for your life. Um, And it's important. It's important Mm -hmm. to walk in the will of God. But I think above that is the importance of walking in surrender and walking in obedience. Um, Because when you're walking surrendered and obedient, God can lead you wherever. Um, and I think that's been one of the biggest things for me that I wish I would have heard when I was younger is actually, instead of stressing about finding God's will for your life, look at, are, are you surrendered? Like, what's your level of surrender to God? Um, because God can do anything with a surrendered heart. Like he can lead a surrendered heart. Absolutely anywhere. Like there's no limits to what he can do, um, with our surrender. And I think that is just the thing on my heart for people to know and to, to do is, um, yeah, surrender to the will of God for your life and he can lead you wherever. When you truly die to yourself, then you can fully live for Christ. That's so good. I had to go write that quote down. <laughs> and there's actually, William Booth said something else. That's just, I think it was like, um, the, the greatness of man's power is the amount of his surrender. I think that's what he said. Wow, that's really good. And that's that's exactly with what you were saying. <laughs> and that's the same like saying with God's power too. You know, the amount that God can do is someone that's fully surrendered. Mm-hmm. And something else, something Francis Chan actually said once, he said a lot about, you know, youngers were like, what is God's will for my life? What? 
oh, what does he want me to do? I just need to figure out God's will for my life is. And he, I was listening to Francis Chan, and he said, actually think about, would you actually want to know what God's will for your life is? Like, would you actually want to know what God's will for your life is? Because honestly, like, what God's will for your life, if you fully surrender to him, looks like, will probably look terrifying. Mm -hmm. Because, and I'm not saying that to be like, oh no. (laughs) God's will for my life looks terrifying. It's just, you know, that if we could actually see, like, what God could do with someone who is like so surrendered to him, they could do as well. Like, well, I want to be that. It's also like looking at the now. What what am I doing right now to be intentionally surrendered and just letting God use me in that? Mm-hmm. And then you could probably look back at the end of your life and be like, wow, if I would have known that, that God was going to do that when I was 18, mm-hmm. I would have probably ran away. Mm-hmm. Because, well, hopefully. Yeah. It's true. And I don't think we'll ever get to the end of our lives and be like, man, I wish I would have surrendered less. I I, I just don't think that's going to (laughs) happen. I think we'll look back and look at the places where we were stubborn and where we were selfish and say, man, looking at the other like places that God did, like with what God did when we did surrender, I think we're going to be like, man, I really wish I would have given up more. Um, and I think there's that's so important in the, in the grant, like zooming out a little bit and getting a, a bigger picture of like, I don't, we're never, yeah, we're never going to wish we would have just, ah, I wish I wouldn't have given that much up. Like it's, it's not our lives anyway. <laughs> wow. That's a challenge. Wow. Wow. Do we have anything more we want to say? Mm-hmm. Any more <laughs> thoughts? Before I start crying or something. <laughs> but wow. This was so good. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Karina, for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a big challenge to me as well. And yeah, important for me to remember to live live out, live it out too. Mm-hmm. Not just speak it out, but live it out. We'll never regret giving her all for God. We'll never regret mm-hmm. not. Man, I just wish I didn't, I wasn't as radical. Or I didn't go as far out as I did, man. Mm-hmm. We'll never, ever. There's so much we're living for. So yeah, thank you again for being willing to sacrifice an evening and a lot more, which the time that you spent studying and thinking and praying about this because we really appreciate it and so glad that you came down. Mm -hmm. So I hope you all enjoyed episode six.